0: I am so excited Uh, today, I can hardly stand it. Pray for one thing, that I can stay in front of this camera, it may be difficult. Um, I like to roam, but I'll try to stay here. I want to tell you what, one of the first things the Lord instructed me, and I thank you for the worship, thank you so much. Uh, Abby, a couple days ago you posted something and it was some. I think it was Second Corinthians ten, but it was about warfare. And uh, my my message today is about prophecy. But what is going on is warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then we go right here, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So as I begin this message today, I'm gonna to pray here and then I have, I have something that the Lord told me specifically. I pray that this first moment is gonna be cleansing, that there's gonna be something happening I'll tell you in just a second. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I thank you that people do not see me. God, I take the anger and the fear and the worry, the exasperation of this day. And, God, I ask you that it would exit out of people right now if it did not take place during worship. And we would be able to, right now, in the name of Jesus, release anger of face masks and whatever is going on, COVID-19, so that right now we can receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our soul. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said. So here's where I'm gonna start this morning. At the end of our service today, we had, Pastor Steve had, and by the way, I just, when I stand up, to minister the word. I just wanna tell you what an honor it is. It's just, I just feel humbled and I'm just so thankful. Thankful to Pastor Steve and Dean and this this church uh, for supporting. Uh, I'll talk about that in just a minute. But let me tell you what I would like to do with you in just a second. I would like to receive communion with you. Every person here without elements without the elements, the physical elements. So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna give you an instruction and here's what he told me. He told me years from now you might remember this moment in this church and this day on the 26th of July when you took communion without elements. I literally believe that you might taste bread and you might taste wine. And here's all I want you to do, two things. Number one, close your eyes and look at the cross. And number two, open your hands, please. And let him hand you the very bread of life. And I'm gonna read this passage Kind of a very traditional but the, I, I'm, I'm hooked and addicted to the passion translation just lately so please close your eyes and as I read this in a moment we are going to receive holy communion together I believe it's going to be one of the most powerful communions we ever had put that in your face devil I'm tired of all of this It's time in the name of Jesus that we go to the cross and we go to the resurrection and your resurrection lives in us. Your light shines through us and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. So we go to the cross. This is in Hebrews chapter 10. The Holy Spirit confirms this to us by the scripture. Afterwards I will give them a covenant. I will embed my law into their hearts and fasten my words to their thoughts. And then he says, I will not ever again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. And everybody said, so if our sin has been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? And now... We, are brothers and sisters, are God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary and heavenly realm boldly and without hesitation. For he has dedicated a life, a life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us fresh and free access to him. And since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him, for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove all impurity. And we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, presentable to God inside and out. So now, wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within you, knowing that God always keeps his promise. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate, to act, and do beautiful works and expression. Before I read uh, The next part, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person in the sound of my voice that is saying, I'm not coming to a public place. I don't have to wear that mask. Well, just relax, forgive. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. In fact, we should come together even more frequently eager to encourage. And I'm not saying defying the law, I'm saying figure out a way. God, help us, help us do this. Help us do your will. So right now, in the name of Jesus, as we have open hands to you, we stand before you, we see the nail scars in your hands and your side that was pierced. God, I pray for a holy moment right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the cross. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white. And nothing but the blood of Jesus so God I ask you as if we were disciples sitting around your table and you've just washed our feet I ask you to place the bread in our hands Thank you, God, for your body, as Peter was just talking about, your bread, the living bread of life. Place it in my hand, Lord, and I will eat of you this very day. In Jesus' name, partake. stand underneath the fountain of your precious blood. So God, now I've asked you to place the fruit of the vine into our hands. Thank you for my precious friends. Anybody in this room, would you forgive me if I ever did anything wrong against you? Would you? I don't know what it might be. Forgive me. Just let it go. Let it go. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your cleansing power. God, that comes. And so we take the cup. We thank you, Jesus, that you said in your word, you take our sin as far as the east is from the west. You have removed our transgressions. So I come to my friends. God, what's going on in this morning is we are getting ready for battle. We are going to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and our loins of truth and shoes of, of peace and the sword of the spirit and the word of God, which is quick and powerful, it's sharp, it's sharper than it divides asunder of joints and marrow. God, in Jesus' name, we repent of sins of omission and sins of commission in the name of Jesus, and we come before you now, and we partake of your blood, Together, in Jesus' name, and everybody says, together. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name. So, as we move forward here, um, I'm going to take a couple minutes, and I want—I wanted to take just. You, Church, you, uh, you, you support Kathy and I a little bit and you, and you support us as we come and, and worship with you a couple of times out of the month or at least once a month. Thank you. Just thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a home to us. I want to tell you a little bit what we do, if you don't understand. God has brought us flexible. That's, that's the ministry he's given us, the ministry of flexibility. Um, and most Sundays we're preaching somewhere, where, and doing worship. Also, the little churches that we go to, they love the worship. And, and uh, my schedule right now is full all the way through September. And I'm just so thankful. And so the flexibility, what it does, is allows us to take a month or a couple weeks, like a few weeks ago, and go see our grandkids and go see her parents, uh, wonderful parents, which are probably listening right now in Michigan. God is so good. He knows us. He knows exactly what we need. But I'll tell you, there's not one day when, when moss is growing on my feet. I'm stopping in, the, in, the, in the, the goals that he's given us. And I want to tell you that today, if you have been prophesied over or if you have, if, the, if God is going to change your life today. That's the purpose of this message. That if, there's a, that if there's something that God has put in your heart and you're not doing it or, or watering it or feeding it, anticipating that he's going to continue to do it in your life, today you will know it without a shadow of a doubt. One of the things that God has done a talked a little bit about some of the prophecies God spoke over me in my pathetic little uh, 16, 15, 14, 13 years old. I was pathetic. I was a nerd. Uh, and, and mom, I'm not, it's not anything against anything. I was just walking and I was, I was purposeless. I, I was a teenager. Whatever you want to call it. But when God spoke into my life, I saw it. And then I began to run in it. And it didn't take 20 years sometimes for something to be fulfilled. But He will fulfill it in you. One of the things was a book. If you ever read it, I have a book on hope. Please read it, it's a powerful, a good book. Well, go ahead and uh, put up a picture of something that should happen. I'm hoping in about three months. And this is called The Hopper and the Pillar. That is Hopper and the Pillar, and I I won't tell much about it. I just wanna tell you it's a miracle. Uh, Peter, wave your hand. This artistry is from his dad, Rocky Coffin. Pretty awesome. So I wanted to share this because in about three months, it's gonna come out, what can you do? Buy some for your grandkids. So that's, it's about being born again, if you probably figured that out. The caterpillar is picked on by Hopper. Hopper, is, is there one more picture? I think it's just Hopper doing his thing. It's okay if you don't have it. There it is there. All right, let's go to, let's just go to the next one. All right, here's here's how I wanna start this message today. In 1942, C.S. Lewis said something, and I I wanna put it up here. You know who C.S. Lewis is, The, the, the Chronicles of Narnia? Satan, everybody say, 1942. I will cause anxiety, fear, panic. I will shut down businesses, schools places of worship, sports events, I will cause economic turmoil. Jesus. Who do you choose to listen? What prophetic word do you choose to listen to? I will bring together neighborhoods, restore families. I will bring dinner back. To the kitchen table. Mile Yonker, I know you like that one. I will help people slow down, appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and resources. And all the people said. About everybody say 1942. How many were alive then? Not me. So as, just barely. So here's where I want to begin today. And what I'm going to do is it's going to be an, an atmosphere of warfare. I want to tell you that this world, what's going on is warfare. If you are timid and shy, if you drink the wrong way, as in the case of Gideon, if it, whatever, God is not going to choose if you're sitting back, if you have a, an attitude about the mask or whatever it is and you can't, you have to stop it. It's time to go forth. It's time to continue on and do what we've been called to do. He didn't say we couldn't meet now. We're meeting. Hallelujah. And if he drags you out because you're not wearing a mask, well, I guess we'll have to deal with that. Let's go to the first verse threefold power. Of the word of prophecy. And I, and I want to try to define prophecy to you. Today I'm not going to talk about end times. I love it. I don't I don't do much about it. Why? Because we have to get ourselves ready for battle. I don't care what sign comes and whatever and when Jesus is gonna come. We're not Jesus doesn't even know. Only the Father knows. So Timothy. First Timothy 1. 18 and 19, The Passion. My son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility. Keep with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life that are now in the process of fulfillment in the great work of ministry. In keeping with the prophecies spoken over you with this encouragement, this, like, This is like is the the phrase of the month. Use your prophecies as weapons as you wage warfare by faith with a pure conscience. I'm gonna read that one more time. Wow, go ahead and say it with me. Wow. Come on. Wow. Use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and a pure are many who reject those virtues and now are destitute in true faith folks i'm not one who messes around with my words i know there's people listen to me that is destitute in your faith you have a big fat attitude about everything. You listen to CNN or whatever too much. Uh, my wife and I recommend 700 Club. You're gonna get the news, you're gonna get prophesied at, you're gonna see miracles. Watch it. Watch the 700 Club instead of seeing Satan. And <clears throat> Did I say that? <laughs> it, it, was, that against, was that against the law? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Folks, we're in a war. You're in a war. From the moment that Adam and Eve were born, they were in a war. They were in a war. How could it be they were in a perfect place? How could war begin in Adam and Eve? I don't know. And here's why. I do know. Because we have a free choice. We have a free choice to do with this incredible word of God what we want to do with it. We have a choice what to do with it. What are you going to do with it? When someone was prophesied, you say nobody prophesied, they missed me and, and, and this prophet came and everybody spoke at everybody else and they prophesied to him and him and him and they didn't prophesy over me. Really? Is that your problem? This word is so loaded with prophecy, it is so loaded with promises and if you don't know how to receive it and grab a hold of it and run with it, you got a problem. You're putting on armor that's too big for you. You can't go in and fight that way. You got you got an attitude. Put on the armor God gave you. Put on the, the talent God gave you. Put on the, 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 if it's jeans or if it's a suit or whatever He's put on you. Put it on. If it's the, if it's the end of the world, go put go, go do it. If it's your neighborhood, go do it in the name of Jesus. We are in a war. Three chapters, folks, three chapters into the Bible, Genesis, he started to prophesy. And he says, I will bruise your head and Jesus' heel will be bruised. Jesus will be bruised and you will be defeated. How did Moses know that? How did how did it begin to happen? What happened? What happened then was sin came. And the law came. What came was war, war, war. War. I'm so sick of reading the Old Testament when it comes to war. And they went to war and they didn't stop war. What did kids know when they grew up in the Old Testament, war? You're gonna grow up and you're going to go to battle. You're gonna be in the army, you're gonna be in the Navy. Pick one because you're gonna be in it. Read the Old Testament. It's all they did is they went to war. It never stopped, wars never stopped until 400 years, the dark ages when there was no war and there was no God, there was no nothing. God gave up on it all, but that scarlet cord come through, it came through Ezekiel and Daniel. It came through Hosea, it came, the the scarlet cord continued to speak. The scarlet cord, if you read the old the word of God, it never ever stops. It continues to go. So if you read the Old Testament and you don't see the Word of God and Jesus in there, you need to read again because He's in there. The Scarlet Cord keeps on and it never stops. There was World War I, there was World War II, there was Korean War, there was Vietnam War. The war has never stopped. There's war against a baby in the womb. There's war against What is a husband? What is a wife? What is a man? What is a woman? It's incredible. Today, the new thing, I heard it on Breakpoint. They're going to define in one of the states a marriage as three people. Is somebody mad? But use that anger in Jesus' name and use the gift that God has called you as a weapon by faith with a pure conscience. Let's keep moving. So number one, his personal word over your life. Let's go to life principle number one. Which twin is that back there? Carson, you got it wrong. It wasn't. Good. Okay. You enter your faith journey as a child but are expected to become a skilled warrior. If you do not have this mentality, I'm so sorry. You've got a problem in this day. The attitude of this message is going to be you have to Find who God has made you and get in your lane and go and do what it is you have to do. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1. I already did. I got that on there twice and I was gonna read it twice, but let's just move on to 1 Timothy 4.14, please. 1 Timothy 4.14. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. One more time, listen, look at me. Don't underestimate the powerful gift that works in your life. That was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and activated through prophecy which was spoken to you. If you are depressed, if, then I'm not saying mental conditions don't exist, and I'm not saying there's not problems, I'm not saying there's not valleys, I'm not saying there's not horrible coronavirus things that happen in our life. I am asking you to stand on sit in, dwell in, think upon the promises of God that have been spoken over your life. You says, well, I don't, he never did. He did. Trust me, he did. And what if, what if, if you tell me that, I, as I would say to my young man that I'm mentoring, then you're not getting in the word. Because it's plastered. It never stops. Yes, there's wars and there's rumors of wars, but there's powerful principles weaved in, and they never stop. They don't stop. So let's talk. I'll give you three things in my own life. Number one. If I could tell you, when I when I think what I'm about to say, I think my mom listening and she's gonna say, "Oh, that's terrible." I mean. I was just a wimp. I was just a 14 year old. I just had no purpose. I I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I. You ever been there? Anybody? But God, He knew what He was doing. You know what I loved? I loved basketball. And, uh, I could really shoot, I could shoot really well, but God set it up. My eighth, when I went into eighth grade, I'll tell this story really quick. I'm talking about destiny. What's God's destiny? If you love Him, He will set it up for you. I know I could have been a good basketball player. Anyway, in eighth grade, when everybody went out and it was the big year, uh, it was my math teacher. I hated math and he hated me, okay? And there were 36 guys that showed up for the basketball team that that year. And he was going to keep 20 or something. And I wasn't one of them. I got cut and my, my world was destroyed. Anyway, long story short, three months later or four, I got a phone call and this person said, I heard you love to sing. Would you come and sing with us? Long story short, I became a part of the Maranatha Messengers and we traveled throughout the state. And I got my first experience in singing. Number one, prophecy over my own life, myself. I was about nine years old, I think. I remember sitting in an outside venue and I remember somebody playing the guitar and I looked, I don't know who was sitting next to me, I pointed my finger at the guitar and I said, I will do that one day. Had no idea what I was saying. Anyway, this might discourage you, it might discourage you. It was like 22 years later before I played in front of a a congregation. I did the math. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, I tried and I was driving the worship team crazy because I couldn't play. Number two, when did preaching and the prophetic word really begin in my life? Well, it, it, it's, the, the story starts when I was about 11 years old and, and I almost died in an inner tube on a beach. I was bouncing up and down with my cousin and I went up and I went the wrong way in the inner tube and I was stuck. And he was laughing. I heard him laughing, it was the only thing I could hear. And I was going (sighs) like this. And he yanked me out and I couldn't breathe. I was finding breath for about five minutes and I had terrible back problems then for several years. Long story short, fast forward to a moment. I think I was 30 some years old. I was standing, I was sitting like right in that place right there on the front row. And, and a minister grabbed my hand and said, stand there, and he touched my hands, and I flew on the floor. There was somebody behind me, but I, I fell on the floor, and I went wham, and I was healed in my back, and there was something that happened in here, too. It was a prophetic word over my life. Of course, he said many, times, many things over my life. He said, well, that's never happened to me. I understand. But you see, you have to allow the prophetic word, God's word, to come into your life and, and to change change your discouragement, your lies, your untruth, your, your frustration, your, your madness, your, 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 your masks, your whatever. Whatever it is in life, you have to allow the word of God to come and change it. And all the people said, and then there was this book. You, you'll never believe this moment. Again, it was in that same region. I was 30, 25, 30 years old and there was this prophet that came and he was, I remember, I'll remember. i never forget the moment. He was speaking over me. Hallelujah for this and hallelujah for that. God has given you good anointing. And then he said I see a pen in your hand. I'll, I'll never forget the moment because it was so ludicrous. I was not, I loved words, and I, I love wordology, and I, and I love talking or whatever, and speaking and exchanging, but if my seventh grade teacher would, would, have, would have even imagined that I could write a book, are you, are you kidding? she would be laying on the ground laughing, there's no doubt in my mind. What is the point? The point is when God says something over your life, don't, do not take it lightly. Do not take it lightly, but also don't go out and boast it. Like keep it, keep it tight. Pray over it. In Jesus' name. You get the point. Let's go to principle life principle number two. If God doesn't take you around the conflict, then he will equip you to win the conflict. You can put it up there and I'll just move on. If he doesn't take you around the conflict, then he will... T- take you to win the conflict. And all the people said, let's go to the scripture, please. Exodus 13. Look at the scripture. I'm guessing that some of you are going to say, I have never seen this before. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had the people go. So they're leaving bondage. Everybody say, leaving bondage. Watch. Watch this. Watch this that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Although it was only a three days journey. Look at me a second. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, what a bunch of idiots, those, those Israelites. They could have made it in three days and it took them 40 years. Listen, watch, listen. They would have all died at the hand of the Philistines. I've heard so many people look at me and say, I don't have my destiny yet. I'm so frustrated because I know I got a calling from God. The problem is, is you want to be seen. The problem is, is you have a gift and you want to be seen and the only need is for Jesus to see you. The only need that you have is for that God will do what He wants to. He wanted me to play the guitar. But I'm telling you, it's probably because of my own laziness. But it took me 22 years before that dream was fulfilled. But, but I, didn't lo- I didn't let go of it. That's to my credit. Too bad I probably couldn't have been playing in ten in front of people. But anyway, it doesn't matter. God doesn't hold this over me that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a loser because it didn't take enough time. No! He cares. This children's book. I I want to tell you, like four years ago, I had this deal where I wrote about ten poems. And this was one one of the first ones. And they just kept coming. And they were anointed. Like this one, when you see this book, it talks about being born again and in a fun way. And all of a sudden, God says, this is going to be a children's book. I said, yeah. Yeah, I like this idea, God. Could this possibly be? Anyway, when God tells you something, go do it. Let God do it in you. Let him do it in you. Let him do it in you. In Jesus' name. That God did not lead them the way the Philistines, although it was close. For God said lest perhaps the people change their minds and they see war and return to Egypt. So God led them in the wilderness, in the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in an orderly rank. You, you go ahead and take that and soak it in, but what, what, what is it saying? It's saying the years. What Tell me, tell me, what went on in the wilderness? Well, I'm telling you what, after a amount, amount of time, somebody trained the people for war, or, or can I say for worship, because what happened at Jericho? People, what happened at Jericho? They prophesied, they sung, they worshiped, they set up the Holy of Holies, they set up, they set up the priest and the ark and the presence of the Lord, and then the greatest gift of all Shut up for seven days. Go ahead and say it with me. Shut up for seven days. I'm I'm sorry mom and grandma. If you don't like the word shut up. But that's what they did. What was the power of that miracle? What was it? It was that they shut up for seven days. Read it. That was the power. They disciplined. They had discipline. How many of them have shut up? Apparently all of them. If one of them would have gave up and b- b- slipped rank, that miracle might not have happened. Instead, the walls caved in. Whew, that chariots could go on top. Why? Because it took them 40 years to figure out how to shut up. Go ahead and say, ouch. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Number two, your confession is your keeping, sustaining, prophetic promise each day of your life. What does the word of God mean to you? Life principle number C, letter C. He always keeps his promises but I am responsible for my personal potential. I'll say that again. He always keeps his promises, but I am responsible for my personal potential. So under my notes here, I have Mom Pomp. I have a message from her this morning. I actually have a message to Governor Waltz and because I'm supposed to be nice. And uh, mom was not a happy camper yes, last night. Today, my mom, 94 years old. When you're 94, you can say anything. You can do anything that you want. But, but let me give you the spirit of what my mom said. L- let me begin when we received the Holy Spirit when I was 15 years old. Yes. Yes. I thought you said you were kind of a nerd, and yes, what happened? The Holy Spirit came into our life, and what happened? His prophetic word began to change everything. What is the, what is the reason Pastor Steve is here today? Why? Why is he the greatest tortoise of all pastors for 33 years? Why? And that is in great respect that I say that. P- please laugh, or please. Uh, <laughs> Um, because I know I'm the jackrabbit, I, I'm sorry, it's, I'm just, you see, say, you say, are you sure you're not adopted or something? Mom? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm part of the family. I'm, but you see, I'm in my lane. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right? Today, in Jesus' name, do what you're supposed to do. Where was I? What was I talking about? <laughs> um, serious, what was I talking about? Yeah, my mom. What, I, what, what The picture I get is her playing day and night, David Ingalls and the Word of God playing in our house. Day and night, night and day, day and night. It never stopped, it never stopped. I don't know how my mom knew that and I don't know how it continues in our house. Music and worship never ever stop, why? Because it's what's supposed to happen in your house. Folks, if you love R-rated movies, Kill it out of your life. You can't do it. Stop. Purge it out of your life. If you love the works of the flesh of any kind, you have to kill it. It cannot belong in your house, especially in this day. In this day of wrath, as you war, you can't do it with an impure conscience, an unpure heart. You have to do it. How do you wield your sword? How do you do it? With a pure mind, dividing Joints and marrow, soul and spirit, the word of God will be the discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. You, you, people are counting on you being pure and living in the word of God so that one day you lay your hands on them. And I'm not kidding, laying your hands on them and they will recover. Demons will be cast out of them. Let's keep moving on. Romans 16, you got to see these verses. Look at these verses. 25 and 26, I give all praise and glory to the one who has, who has more than enough power to make you strong and keep you, keep you, Steadfast through the promises found in the wonderful news that I preach. That is the proclamation of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. This wonderful news includes the unveiling of the mystery kept secret from the dawn of creation. This mystery is understood through the prophecies of the Scripture and by the decree of the eternal God. That's how it's done. If you do not decree the word of God in your life, you, you will sucker in. You, you will get in the wrong flow of the river. So, what my mom was talking about the anger that she's feeling, and she says, okay, okay, we'll wear some masks. We'll, we'll try to comply there. But what day, listen to me, mom is saying this, what day are they gonna say, come? and let's put a a chip underneath your hand or your forehead. What day is that going to happen? It ain't going to be far off. What day are they going to look at you and say, you're a marriage if you're three people? It's, It's messed up. So we go by the Word of God. We go by the truth of the Word of God. We will never stop. God, let us never stop. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3, remember this scripture? Every scripture, everybody say it, every scripture. Let's read it together. Has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, it will empower It's instruction and correction giving you the strength. Go ahead and say wow. The other day you say, "How, how do you do this this the, this next five minutes here I want to try to I want to try to jump into your motivation. you say, How do I get in love with the Word of God? If you are born again, look at me if you 're born again and you have a habit of I have to read the paper. I have to watch the news. I'm telling you, God is prophesying into your life. Stop it. Don't listen and watch that garbage. Stop it. Push. Let Alexa play worship 24-7. Start there. Start there. You say, who's Alexa? Some of you older folks. I'm sorry. Uh, Push a button and let it play 24 hours. Anyway, um, this, this day and age. I don't know. All we have to do is tell it, and it plays good worship all night long. Uh, William Augustus. uh, Soaking in your presence by William Augustus. Write that down. We play it all night long. And it doesn't, it's not irritating, it's just worship. Soaking in your presence uh, by William Augusto. Augusto. Anyway, Alexa knows. Soak yourself. So, the other day, God told me chapter eight. What do you mean? So, I took a couple minutes, I took 20, 15, 20 minutes and I wrote this down. You say, what's so great about eight, the chapter eight? The first six books of the Bible, chapter eight. Listen, it's not up here. Relax back there, buddy. Matthew chapter eight, in the beginning. Jesus healed a leper. In the end of the chapter, he cast out a legion of demons. In Mark chapter 8, in the beginning, a multitude was was filled, every one of them filled, with a few loaves and a few fishes. At the end, Jesus said these words. This is Mark 8. If you're ashamed of me, before men. I will be ashamed of you before my Father which is in heaven. Luke chapter 8. In the beginning, Jesus and his twelve preached in every small village, along with Mary, who seven demons were cast out of. At the end of the chapter, a little girl was raised from the dead. And on the way to the little girl, a lady who was in war with the issue of blood for 12 years, came to a moment where she said, I have seen the leper healed and the, the, everybody healed. I'm gonna get it. There was a multitude of crowds who had a need and there was one who scraped and crawled and crawled through holes and legs and whatever. They probably didn't have holes in those days. Anyway, through legs and whatever and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. Why? Because she believed the Word of God. In John, uh, in John chapter 8, in the beginning, a woman was thrown on the street in scorn by hypocrites, condemning her to death. She was set free from the scorners and she embraced Jesus. She embraced Jesus. At the end of chapter 8, Jesus said, I am, that I am. If you grew up with Popeye, this is much better. I am, that I am, that I am. Say it. That I am, that I am, that I am, that I am, that I am. That's what Jesus said. Folks, you have joy. You have no need for anything but joy in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 8, at the beginning, a man who would write half of the New Testament, Saul, is holding the coat of those stoning Stephen as an absolute nobody. Philip, at the end of the chapter, is healing the possessed, the paralyzed, and the lame. Who is Philip? Nobody. As far as the title, it's, you read it. He healed the possessed, the paralyzed, and the lame. Folks, if you, you say, well, there's no pathway for me, you, what your problem is you have an attitude. If you dive into the Word of God, the Word of God will make a way for His light on the inside of you to change your destiny. And in Romans, in the beginning, there is no condemnation. In the end, there is no separation from his love. So what was the point of that? I just took the, 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 the number eight in the first six books of the Bible, and I was inspired. It doesn't matter what you do. God will give you creative ways of changing your life. As we're winding down, I gotta read you this. This is one of my favorite prophetic words in the last two years. Psalm 16, five, if you got it, you can put it up, please. Lord, I have chosen you alone alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, my portion. I leave my destiny and timing in your hands. Your pleasant paths lead me to pleasant places. I am overwhelmed by the privilege that comes with following you. For you have given me the best. The way you, that you counsel and correct me makes me praise you even more. And your whispers in the night give me wisdom. <laughs> Showing me what to do next. Everybody say that. Showing me what to do next. What, I don't know what to do? Pray, I don't know what to do because you are close to me. My confidence will never be shaken. Say it with me. My confidence will never be shaken, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and my soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure, for you will not abandon my soul to death, nor will you, the Holy One see corruption, but you will bring me a continual revelation of Revelation's life, Revelation life and Revelation's life, the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. I, I got it right up in front of my toilet. There it is, every morning. <coughs> Sorry, maybe that was too much information. Uh, so, but... Psalm 16, do it, folks. That. That's eight plus eight, by the way. Anyway, number three, and we're done. Faith and grace and prophecy which work by love. Do not be mistaken. Listen, mark my words. There is nothing greater at the beginning of your journey in Jesus or at the end than faith and grace. Nothing. So you say, well, you, got, you threw prophecy in there. Yeah. What is prophecy? It's the word of God. For your life, to your life. But it must work by love. Say it with me. It must work by love. Thank you for all those songs this morning about the Father's love. I might cry when I read this. How many love Corey Ten Boom? Look, maybe you've never seen this from her. Daddy? When I was a little girl, I went to my father and said, Daddy? I was afraid that I would never be strong enough to be a martyr for Jesus Christ. Tell me, Daddy? Tell me, said, said Daddy. When you take a train to Amsterdam, when do, you give, when do I give you the money for the ticket? Three weeks before? No, 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 Daddy. You give me the money for the ticket just before I get on the train. That's right. And my father, and so it is with God's strength, Our our Father in heaven knows when you will need the strength to be a martyr for Jesus Christ, he will supply all that you need just in time. Wow. So here's my question. Do you consider being a martyr? There wasn't one person who became a Christian after Jesus died and did not consider being a martyr. Read it. In fact 11 out of the 12 disciples were martyred. This is a war. This war will never end. And it must work by grace through faith and by love. And all the people said, It must. It must. Let's look quickly at Galatians two five twenty two. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is in passion again, by the Holy Spirit within you, is divine love and all of its variety expressions joy that overflows peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, the life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. So we went through the dark ages. And it was time for the Jesus, the Son of God, to come on the scene and what was dominating? Warfare in the form of the law. Doing sacrifices, doing good in order to get something. And when Jesus died on the cross, He gave faith and He gave grace. And what took place? What took place is your warfare can now be effective through the Word of God that you speak into your life, into your children's life, into the life of this church, into the life of your pastor, into the life of your deacons, into the life of, of coronavirus, into the unlife of it. I mean, I mean speaking life into that rotten scoundrel that has, has attacked our nation speaking life into our president, speaking life in the name of Jesus. You are in a war. And if you feel like, no, nah, I'm just gonna be in the sidelines, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay at home and do, stop it! It is time for you to step up and do what God has called you to do. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna pray here in just a minute. Oh, I got one more incredible scripture, Ephesians 3. Folks, I could have I lined up 40 scriptures and you need to do it, you need to write them down, type them out, print them out, and look at them. You need to meditate, you need to memorize them. Ephesians three sixteen to 19, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great multitude and the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deep intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and exclusive, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. The extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory. Why don't you guys come up? The whole worship team. And we're just gonna prophesy over you. I promise I'll be, I'll be done in, in uh, eight or nine minutes, okay? I'm sorry if you wanted an hour and a half, everybody out there. Here we go. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power, then by constant use of your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. It's a passion, the most incredible. I don't know what this, where the, the passion translation It's just powerful. (sighs) Folks, despise not prophesying. Forbid not to speak in tongues. And when I say despise, I'm saying just understand I'm, I'm a little conservative and I, I don't care. I don't care what you are. If you have a purpose for your life listen to the word of God that is speaking into your life. Let me go over these one more time. Number one his personal word over your life. Number two your confession, the keeping, sustaining, prophetic promise, each day of your life, and number three, faith and grace and prophecy that works by love. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we close this service down, and we sing a blessing over these people, and I. I, I, uh, do you guys mind standing with me as we close this service? I uh, I apologize for uh, yelling too much, uh, Doug. I'm sure it's really hard to record. Uh, would you lift your hands with me, Father, Jesus? I just thank you. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my friends in Michigan, Texas, and Florida, and and. and God all all over in Jesus name I ask you to do a work on the inside of us I pray that we would take the responsibility of the word of God I pray that your words your bread would be the bread of life in our life God I prophesy in Jesus name books journals that would be loaded and filled up with, with truth from the word of God I pray that every person would get in their lane in the name of Jesus. I pray that the elderly people would not ever stop praying for their grandchildren, that they'd have a picture of every single one of their grandchildren up in one in their prayer room, and they would never stop, never stop. Would you say it with me? Never stop, 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 never stop praying. Never give up, never give up, never give up, because God never gives up on us. He doesn't matter how, he doesn't care how long it takes god i thank you in the name of jesus that your word that your word would change the fabric and and the and the foundation of frustration and foolishness and 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 lies in jesus name break the power of the enemy in these people's lives, I thank you for it. I can't touch them this morning, but you can. Wherever they sit, where they stand, every young person in this room, in Jesus' name, every young person in the sound of my voice, I pray that they would grab a hold of the word of God and if you've told them something, that they would not give up. They would not give up in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Tanner, I was talking to him last night. Tanner Johnson, you guys know him. He said, Tim, I don't know if you want to share this or not, but he said, I was dwelling on a scripture the other day. He said, the testimony of Jesus, this is a revelation, he said, is the spirit of prophecy. I said, yeah. I said, I'll share it. Hi, Tanner. He's listening, I think. So as we sing this, this blessing I encourage you that if the word of God will just continue to dwell in you that it will produce results. I think Pastor Dean gave me permission just to close. The Lord will keep you, make his face to shine upon you. So we're going to sing this for you and in about 4 or 5 minutes uh, we'll c- conclude this. And I encourage you to go in the name of the Lord. Let His, let His, well, let's sing this song. Let's do this. Here we go. Can I sing with you? (laughs) Here we go.
1: Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be great.